good to have you here with us today and glad that you are sharing part of your Sunday and uh, first day of the week, best way to start the week, so we're glad that you are here with us. We are in the middle of a series called Undercover Boss, Undercover Boss, and uh, the idea being kind of following the TV premise where a boss, a CEO, an owner goes in disguise and goes kind of into the midst of the company into the factory, into the shop, into the restaurant, behind the scenes, because that boss knows that what's happening down there, they've realized what's happening down there is ultimately going to come out in the experience that is happening in the company, in the restaurant, in the shop, with the people that frequent that place of business, and so they know they've got to get a handle on what's happening on the inside, because what's on the inside is going to come out. And we're realizing that that's the way it is with our lives. Sometimes we have an undercover boss. There, there are things that are inside us. Most of the time, it's our emotion. And when our emotion, which is on the inside of us, comes out, sometimes that can have bad consequences. Sometimes that can have adverse actions in our lives and the lives of other people. So it's important for us to control what's on the inside. Because we know that if we don't control our emotions, if our emotions control us, when, when, when our emotions are in control, we lose control. When our emotions are in control, that is a part of us that is gaining control over all of us. And so we're looking at some of these, some of these characteristics, some of these things that happen on the inside and when they come out can have some pretty bad consequences. Last week we looked at anger and we looked at the fact that sometimes the anger that we either suppress or the anger that we allow to build up can have some adverse action if we don't take care of it. And, and uh, so we looked, we looked at anger. Now, now I know that uh, some of you may say, well, you know what? Anger's not really an issue for me. That's just, just not the way I I'm built. It's not the way that I lean. Uh, anger's not a problem. Uh, I, I've never had anger issues, and, and that's awesome. And, and maybe you would be like, you know, I'm not, I'm not envious. I, I've pretty much learned to be content with what I've got. I, I, don't, I don't really have any, any bitterness that's building up in my life. And, and you might be able to look at where we've been so far and say, you know what, I'm pretty good. But I think that today... What we're going to talk about, what we're going to deal with is something that all of us have had happen to us, and what we do with what happens to us may make the difference in what is the boss over us. And today I want to talk to you on how we deal with disappointment. How do we deal with disappointment? And I would think, I would think that it is pretty safe to say 100% of us have dealt with, are dealing with, will continue to deal with being disappointed. And what do we do with that? Because here's, here's the deal, disappointment in and of itself is not going to become the boss of you. Disappointment isn't a boss, but where disappointment leads becomes the boss of our lives. 
sometimes in disguise. But it can gain control. And we know that when our emotions take control, we lose control. So how do we make sure that we handle disappointment in the right way? How do we deal with the disappointments in life, people, situations, circumstances? How do we deal with it when God seemingly disappoints us? And the truth is we can get disappointed pretty quickly. It can be a pretty small thing that kind of sets us in the disappointment direction. And what we do with that disappointment over time can very easily become our undercover boss. Because disappointment, catch this now, leads in a direction. Disappointment leads in a direction. It's either going to lead us to faith or it's going to lead us to fear. Disappointment is going to lead us to either wheels off rage or it's going to lead us to realignment. Disappointment is going to lead us to anxiety or anger, as we looked at last week, or, or it's going to lead us to acceptance. Disappointment in and of itself will not become the boss. But where we allow disappointment to lead, and what that means is what we do with our disappointment, that can easily become the boss of us. It's, it's actually the theme of the, the class that, that Lori and I are kind of going through on Wednesday nights, and, and, uh, and it's, it's, it's been something that she's kind of been looking at for the past few months, actually, in a number of different groups, and, and we're looking at where disappointment can lead, and, and, and as we've gone through these past couple weeks, and as I've read through some of the chapters of the book, I've, I've just uh, decided to kind of take a different turn uh, if you will, in, in that direction for today. And so for those of you that are part of the class, this will, this will kind of help uh, along with the class, but it's not necessarily material that we're looking at in the class, all right? But, but we are dealing with disappointment. And here's the thing that we have come to find out is that disappointment can lead us in a spiral direction downward because disappointment can lead to discouragement. And discouragement, if it's not handled, can lead to dejection. And dejection, if it's not taken care of, can lead to despair. And despair, if it's not dealt with, can lead to demoralization. They, they call it the deadly deeds. And it's a spiral that just continues to take us down, but it could have been dealt with at the disappointment level, and we never would have spiraled in the direction we're headed. Something, someone, hasn't turned out the way you expected, the way you hoped for. An important relationship has gone wrong. What you counted on, planned for, prepared for, looked for, just hasn't materialized. Your marriage is not what you envisioned when you stood at the back of that aisle getting ready to head down the center. The son or the daughter you raised is not responding to adulting as you thought that they should or would. A close friend maybe has not come through like you'd prefer. Your career is not where you thought it 
would be. In fact, others, you've, you've noticed this on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, they seem to be moving up and you are so far higher and ahead of them back when you were in school together, but yet they seem to be climbing the ladder at a faster pace. People that should not have gotten the promotion seem to have stepped over you on their way up the ladder. Your goals are not being realized. Setbacks and speed bumps in the road have slowed you down. An appointment, a diagnosis, and all of a sudden you realized you're not in control and it's causing you to go down a different path than you ever anticipated. Something, someone you held dear is now gone. Just let down by life in general. Maybe you've let yourself down. You've let others down. You feel like you've let God down. Down is the definite direction of disappointment. It's a definition, in fact, of disappointment. We've been let down. And if we don't learn how to control it, it could spiral out of control and take us down with it. So, what do we do with it? Can we turn it around? So I want to give you three things today, three elements from Scripture that maybe can help us turn our disappointments around. Turn our disappointments in a different direction. Make sure that we know how to handle disappointment when disappointment inevitably comes. And here's the first one. We find it in the book of Revelation. So if you've got your Bible, go ahead and go to that back of the book, last book of the Bible. And we want to look at Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. And this is the Apostle John who is writing on, on an abandoned island where he's been exiled to. And this is where he's given this revelation from Jesus as to what would happen in the future, in the last days, in the days that many people kind of believe we are right on the edge of. So look, look what he says right in verse 1, chapter 4, verse 1. After this, I looked. Say looked. After this, I looked. And there in heaven was an open door. And the first voice that I heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. After this, I looked and there in heaven, first thing I want you to understand is the importance of look up. Look up. Disappointment has the tendency to cause us to look down. And if we begin looking down, where we look is ultimately where we will end up. And disappointment pushes us to look down. And we need to look up. Look up. When John looked around, all he saw was an island of barren rocks. If he were to look straight out, all he would see is water surrounding him and no way off, no escape. But when he looked up, he was given a revelation. When he looked up, he was allowed into the eternal portals of heaven. When he looked up, 
all of a sudden, everything changed. Everything was different. When he looked up, when he looked up, he could see not where he had been, not where he was. When he looked up, he could see where he was going. When he looked up. Kay Arthur says in her book, the one that we're covering on Wednesday, it's called As Silver Refined. Sometimes our disappointment becomes, catch this now, his appointment. Sometimes our disappointment becomes his appointment. All you got to do is drop the D, stick in an H, give yourself a little hyphen, and you've changed your disappointment into his appointment. That's why the believer in Christ can claim, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. All things work together for good. Not some things, not a few things, not things once in a while. Romans 8 says all things work together. But too often times our disappointments become our disappointments and it causes us to look down. But when we can change that and change our focus and change the direction that we gaze and change the direction that we look, we talked about it last week even. We kind of started that message looking again at Hebrews chapter 12, which is a verse that you hear often from this platform, seeing that we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Where are those witnesses? They are up. They're up. Let us run with perseverance the race that is set out before us looking unto Jesus. If we're looking unto Jesus to finish our race, if we're looking unto Jesus to run our race, if we're looking unto Jesus for the endurance that we need, where are we looking? Are we looking down? Well, if we allow disappointment to have its way, that's the way we'll look. That's the direction our gaze will ultimately fall. John says, I looked up. <laughs> 